I don't believe in substitution because it's a matter of a complementing activity. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is to be able to create the omni-channel between the brick and mortar and the online platform or the digital, whereby you facilitate and you make a seamless shopping experience for the customers, mm-hmm. whereby you combine them both with a digital wallet and you know people buy from here, return there. That's mm-hmm. what they like, mm-hmm. flexibility. Mm-hmm. You have to create their flexibility The Alpha Talks podcast crafts you and your business into an alpha, not for the faint-hearted. I am Sefi Hakim, serial entrepreneur and your success mentor, founder of the Alpha Movement, and people call me the Alpha. And that's for a reason, of course. With 20 plus years of experience and eight figures portfolio of businesses, myself and the show guests will be striking thunder of top-notch listening in business and mindset. No bull, just first-class value not like others, to join us now to become your own version of an alpha. Welcome back, alphas, to a new inspiring episode of the Alpha Talks podcast. Today in the studio, I've got a very special alpha for you today. Today, we have the honor of hosting a visionary entrepreneur, a real alpha, whose journey embodies the essence of resilience, determination, and relentless pursuit of dreams. He's none other than the esteemed Taufiq Kridea, the executive chairman and the group CEO of the internationally acclaimed Brands for Less Group. With a humble beginnings in the 1996 in Beirut, armed with boundless vision and an attitude of never give up, Taufiq embarked on a remarkable entrepreneurial journey which has transformed into a global success story. Under his leadership, Brands for Less has flourished spanning 80 plus stores across 30 plus cities worldwide and boasting a workforce of over 3,500 dedicated employees. Taufiq's relentless pursuit of excellence has not only revolutionized the retail industry, but has also forged a culture of familial. And that's one of the most important things I do believe. Um, and shared success within his organization. His unwavering commitment of nurturing family and environment at Brands for Less lets an example standard for the business world. Today, we delve into the secrets of his entrepreneurial voyage, exploring the pivotal moments and challenges and philosophies that had shaped his remarkable success. Join us as we unravel the insights, the experience, and the wisdom of the true visionary Taufiq Kredea on the Alpha Talks podcast. So without further ado, let's welcome Taufiq to the Alpha Talks podcast. Thank you for being with us today. It's really an honor and a pleasure. Saif, thank you very much for the very nice introduction. Thank you. Really deserved it. It's my honor and my pleasure to join you on this podcast for sure. Thank you. Let's start with saying, let's say when we publish the episode and people see the thumbnail and they see the title and they look, oh, that looks very interesting. What can we promise them that they will gain if they gave us their time? Whatever comes to your head. No, the only thing here is the message that I always try to convey to the young generation. The story of resilience Mm -hmm. that you have mentioned in your introduction. It's very important to give this young generation the hope and never to give up. They can dream big and they can really make it big. Don't take no for an answer. Always try to reformulate whatever you are doing. And if you have the the perseverance, you're always going to reach there. I love this. So everybody's tuned to it. Listen, there are nuggets will be thrown in this episode, I believe. <laughs> yeah. 
So Tawfiq, let's start off. How do you say who's Tawfiq? From your perspective, who's Tawfiq? And I'm, how is your childhood that shaped you? You know, the, the childhood, of course, played a very pivotal role in terms of shaping the personality. I was born in 1971, four years. I was four years old, 1975. A civil war erupts mm-hmm. in Lebanon, which was one of the ugliest wars True. in the region. So having my, I was brought up in Beirut in this very difficult situations, really teach you a lot. And it teach you, you become, by default, you become a survivor. Mm-hmm. And for you to become a survivor, you have to be able to change your mindset into a person who is really trying to establish presence against all odds Mm -hmm. and uh, this will really teach you a lot it will teach you that nothing in life is easy in addition to that this was combined with a certain family situation that i had whereby you know i was on my own since i was very early uh, child it's not only on my own actually i was responsible for my family due a certain situation in my family and i had to take care of all my family so i had to i started working at a very early age my first real job was started at uh, 12 or 13 years old, wow. you know, and it was a side job, of course. But, mm-hmm. you know, I had a very clear roadmap whereby I insisted to uh, pursue my education. Mm-hmm. So this did not stop me from pursuing my education. Ah, so yeah, you really support education. Yes. yes. Not like these days when no, you no, no, need I'm, for education, you do I courses. Don't, do I don't believe in this at all. Mm-hmm. I believe in education. I'm a strong believer in education. I always try to keep in touch with the university students. I try to aspire them and inspire them in terms of trying to share my experience and my journey and uh, to give them hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, going back to the, to the history, I had to start taking responsibility from a very early age. And, uh, you know, we were living day by day mm-hmm. until I graduated. Even when I went to the American University Lebanese American University in Beirut. I was having a scholarship. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I used to work in the university. And after university, I used to go work for me to help my family put food food on the table. Now, uh, after that, I decided that the first opportunity that I will come across, I will take it. I took the first contract out of Lebanon to Saudi Mm -hmm. Arabia for 2,500 riyals, which I used. A corporate job. That's it. So corporate job. And, uh, you know, I had to send all the money back to Lebanon. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, I had no money to live with. So I had to pursue another job. So which I was very used and accustomed to. A very rough beginning, I would say. Yeah, I used to wake up four o'clock in the morning. There was next to my accommodation, a restaurant that makes falafel sandwiches for for the schools. And I used to go and prepare sandwiches and they used to pay me per sandwich. And this is the money that I used to live with for the end of the month. Going fast forward, moved back to the United Arab Emirates, came here also on employment, mm-hmm. and then, you know, started. Yeah. I'll dig into this. Yeah. I have a very interesting question. I see you as a very humble and very positive person. And I have a question. You've been always like this, or there is a pivotal moment in your life that changed you to a humble and a positive person? Uh, to, be, to be very frank with you, humbleness is, is something that, should be inside you from the beginning and at the same time you should always remind yourself of this humbleness mm-hmm. once you lose your touch with the with the ground mm-hmm. you lose your touch with everything you lose your touch with your business your day-to-day activities True. the details of your retail you know you cannot not to be 
humble and you're uh, grounded and uh, be able at the same time to go with all the small employees and to understand what's happening, what are their concerns, what difficulties they are facing. So I think humbleness is something is extremely important mm -hmm. and I always try to infuse this in my kids. Every single day, yeah. try to remind them because I believe humbleness comes from gratitude and gratitude comes from you and your mind comparing what you came with mm -hmm. and what where are you now and being thankful. And this is the whole yeah. idea behind gratitude. And you always remember where you started and this is the way to do it, I believe. But how? How again? It was always like this in Tawfi. You're always humble. You're all, nothing changed. I will tell you something. Once it changes, because mm. the repercussions of not being humble are, you are, are extremely sure. high. Mm. You know, let's say, let's say you decide not being humble anymore. What are you creating? You're creating walls around you. Mm -hmm. And once you create walls around you, you lose communication with the people around you, even at your office, even in your home. True. You know, once you have these walls, you are the loser. You are losing a lot. True. So keep the channels open. Keep your door open. Listen to people, what they have to tell you. And uh, always try to uh, do it I, better. I love that because why I insisted on asking this? Because I faced this in my career where I lost all the humbleness that I have or the ego that I have. Because let's say I grew very fast in the corporate life. And it's just blinding me in a way. So the repercussions was super high. So that's why I asked, did you face a transitional moment with it? But I love the, pro the thing. You created walls and you lose in touch with everything. 100%. I love that. Let's go back and say like with 80 plus tours, 30 plus cities, couple of countries across, brand for less. How did it start? And what ignited this in you? Okay, let me start with one thing. Now yeah. we are above 90. Uh, we just crossed cool. above 90. Yes. Thank you. Uh, we'll be finishing this year with 107 stores. And uh, uh, we have a very aggressive and uh, very promising uh, expansion plan that we are preparing for the coming two to three years. Uh, we're expanding a lot, especially lately in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia is our biggest market. Mm -hmm. Uh, that we just entered uh, uh, late last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we uh, already in the range of 30 stores in Saudi Arabia this year. Uh, in addition to the other expansions taking place in Qatar, in Oman, yeah. in uh, Kuwait, mm -hmm. uh, and of course the natural growth, growth that we have in the UAE, as UAE is the strongest mm -hmm. or the biggest market for us. Uh, what ignites this? You know, we were the people who really introduced the off-price channel business mm -hmm. into this part of the world. Yeah. The off-price is not, uh, we did not reinvent the wheel. The off-price is an existing business that is extremely popular back in the United States. And uh, when, uh, during one of our visits to the United States, we have noticed that, you know, no one is covering this type of, of business. We came and we decided to establish this business, which is a niche. And I always try to uh, uh, advise people when they want to start a business, look for a niche, look mm. for a, something that no one is catering for. True. And uh, it will be at the beginning an uphill battle, yes, for you to try to explain to people what is this business, yeah. what do you do? It's not fake, it's not. It's everything, not, it's not, yeah. everything. We had to go through everything. Uphill battle, like literally mm. uphill battle. And remember, the tools were extremely limited at that time. We didn't have social media, we didn't have 
you know, there's, there's, there, there is no data, there is nothing, to... nothing, nothing. Uh, when we started the business, there was not even Google Maps mm-hmm. at that time. Google was something new in the mm-hmm. States and people were talking about what is Google and everybody is using Google. So at first, there are two things. One, you have to explain to the people what is this, especially in this part of the world, it's the conspiracy theory is extremely uh, high. high. And uh, what we try to do is to explain to people what it is. And at the same time, the tools to explain to the people was purely word of mouth, Mm -hmm. which was an extremely difficult, long path to reach the, Mm -hmm. the points. So yes, today we are very proud that nearly like everyone knows what is off-price retail. Mm -hmm. They understand the concept. There's no question mark from the beginning. This is trade, this is used, you buy by kilo, and all of these ideas that the the conspiracy ideas that they have. What made you jump to entrepreneurial journey? What triggered you? This is from the beginning. To be very frank with you, Mm -hmm. this is the only thing that for me, I can tell you since I was a child, this was a certainty for me that I want to be the owner of my own business. And I will tell you something, maybe it's uh, a reaction Mm -hmm. to a situation that you go through that I went through when I was a child. This uncertainty uh, and me having to depend really and rely only on myself tells you that the only asset that you would ever have is once you are the decision maker, the 100% the decision maker of your life path. And this can only be achieved by entrepreneurship. But taking these words, do you think that everybody can be an entrepreneur? I believe everybody can be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Not everybody will be an entrepreneur, but everybody can yeah. be an entrepreneur. Are you from which school that says people you start working in a company, try to understand, see the system processes, the structure, or jump out of school no. and do your business? No. You go. The, it's the OPM, mm-hmm. other people's money. You exactly. learn from other people's money. You gain experience mm-hmm. for five years, six years, whatever is the period that makes you get the message. And then you have to move into opening your own business. True. Same school. Actually, same same school. school. Actually, same school because from corporate, you learn a lot with other people's money. 100%. You don't need to hit the wall on your, by yourself. What made Dubai the city that you want your entrepreneurial journey to start? Why? What made Dubai is what made Dubai in general. What made it Dubai is you are in a society that is uh, so transparent, leadership so much focused. Even from the early days? From the early days, trust me. Yeah. I came here back in 1992, mm-hmm. around that uh, year. At that day, you know, even Dubai airport was a very extremely humble airport. Mm-hmm. If you look yeah. into what it is today, mm-hmm. I can compare it maybe to... Uh, Sharjah Airport, maybe eight years ago. Ah, okay. okay. Mm. So, but you know, once you have a leadership with a clear vision, and uh, they know how to really create uh, attraction for businesses mm. and how to encourage businesses, you know, everything will follow. This mm. is this is a very normal for what they have planted from the beginning, from day one. Dubai and the United Arab Emirates are telling the whole world that this is the land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. This is the place that you don't pay taxes. This is the place that you can create your new life. This is the place where your dreams can come so true. true. And I am proudly to be one of the examples that this country is a country that makes your dreams come true. What, was it an easy start or not? 
there's nothing called easy start. It was challenging start. Mm-hmm. I love personally, I love challenges. For me, the word difficult, I try not to use, to it. use it. Okay. We talked about, sorry, the uphill battle that you had with uh, Brands for Less. And that's a really an uphill battle because majority of entrepreneurs or the people who want to run businesses, sometimes they give up. And your uphill battle with Brands for Less was something very strong because you were changing consumer perception, consumer behavior, and you took this battle and you made it through. And, and don't forget, and the most difficulty or challenge that I had mm-hmm. was the resources. Uh, we started, me and my mm-hmm. partner, Yasser Baidun, who's my mm-hmm. best friend, we started our first store in Beirut. Our capital was 10,000 US dollars, that's it. Mm-hmm. And when we came to Dubai, or when we started yeah. the first store in Dubai, it happened with a personal loan from HSBC for 150,000 dirham wow. personal loan. Okay? Wow. So this was the most difficult mm-hmm. uh, uh, part of the business. This is the uphill, uh, uphill mm-hmm. battle that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. In addition to trying to introduce this new, new nature of business, new concept, etc., etc. So, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, I don't know. Uh, I, I look back, I find that it was very difficult but at the same time i find i was enjoying every single year can i ask you a quick straight question people now see say uh, see brands for less how long did it take to make brand for less the brand frankly speaking Listen, because thinking people thinking it's an overnight uh, no never. no it's it's well, it was definitely not overnight we started back in 1996 Let's say UAE, we mm-hmm. started in year 2000, in October year 2000. Mm-hmm. So it's our 23rd year. Uh, uh, and I would like to stress on one, uh, on one thing, uh, Brands for Less has not been made. It's still in the making mm-hmm. because uh, Brands for Less started as uh, a local company, uh, then went to become a regional company, and now we're preparing the company, really the infrastructure and everything, to go global. You know why I'm asking you this question? Because I'm entering the uh, AUD and I see a lot of entrepreneurs that they're trying to push their project and they say like, I've been pushing for a year, nothing happened. I've been... That's why I'm asking, how long until you said like, not done, but now there is brand for less. It takes years. Yes. How many? I I would say, to be very frank with you, uh, the turn, the big turn took, It took us like, I think, first eight or nine years. Mm. I remember the year 2009, we started thing, seeing things really mm. going faster after the uh, um, international, uh, uh, yes. Mm. Uh, nine years, because yes. people think it's easy. People no, think it's, it's if one year didn't happen, I need to pivot. No. It takes long. No. What is BFL stands for? To be very frank with you, originally, people think it's brands for less. Yeah. It's best friends for life. Can you tell us? Because this tell us the values that you Because hold. my, uh, me and my partner, who's my best friend, we are best buddies, best friends since we were kids. Mm-hmm. Our friendship started when we were 10 or 11 years old, and it remains till today. And the nice thing is even we see each other every single day. We spend time together. We take decisions together, and uh, we complement each other. We're mm-hmm. totally different characters. Yeah. We complement each other. Uh, and the happiest moment is, it's not only we work together, we live in the same community next uh-huh. to each other. And the happiest thing is when we sit me and him and see my son and his son hanging out together, together all the time. So 
I think this is uh, yeah. uh, because we believe if it's it's not a friendship that came up out of a business, it's a business that came out of friendship. I love this when I read about this. It really shows the values that you you and your partner hold yes. together. As a CEO of a big shot company, people think that CEO sits in an office, command and control. But what we see is Taufi running in the stores, making things happen. Can you tell us your philosophy about this? No, the, f- the philosophy is very simple. Again, uh, when I was telling you about the walls and when I was telling you about communication, how will you understand and try to give solution to small issues that happens over the counter in the store while you are sitting 30 or 40 kilometers away? It's it's an impossible mm-hmm. mission. The pulse. You yeah. have to keep, pulse. exactly, you have to keep your finger on the pulse of what is happening. Sometimes I go to the store, I talk to the cleaning lady mm-hmm. i talk to the cashier i stand behind the cashier and see what are the difficulties that they are facing i sit with the customer i listen to the customer mm-hmm. i ask them about what do you think about the prices what do you think about what are the problems that you are facing what are the difficulties mm-hmm. is there you, you, all of these all of this is input and this input for you to gather it you have to roam around mm-hmm. the places you have to go to the warehouse and see the, how they are figuring out how to put this item in that box and Mm -hmm. see if they're doing it in the best way possible. Once you gather all this information, you this valuable information, you take them to your command center and you start commanding. So from this, you tell us that you're on the grounds every day? I'm not on the grounds every day, but I can tell you for Mm -hmm. sure, uh, uh, 30% of my time is on the ground, yes. And it's been always like this. Because it's in been, the beginning, I believe you were doing everything on your own. Yes, on the beginning, we used, I used to do everything. I used to do transport. I used to drive the car. I used to go to the warehouse. I used to, I used to open the container. I used to count the merchandise. I used to go to the shop. I used to clean the floor. I used to do cashiering. Everything, everything. And you start afterwards hiring the people. Exactly. I took, first year, I had zero employees. First year? First year, I had zero employees. And did everything alone. I had to visit. I had a very small warehouse in Sharjah. I used to take the goods inside the trunk of the car. And I used to drive in the night after I closed the store to get the merchandise for the next day. I used to iron the clothes. I used to hang them. I used to clean the store before opening. I used to sit behind the cashier. You did everything. Because majority of people now think, okay, I want to start a business, then I need to find the employees. Everything. Everything. I I remember on many occasions, I was... Standing, you know, there was no this digital yeah. uh, banking and all of these things. I used to go Counting. to the, I remember Mashrik branch in Raqqa. Yeah. I used to go to deposit the money. And sometimes I look at the watch, I'm standing in the queue. And, you know, it's time to open the store. I say, okay, okay, I'll take the money. I come tomorrow. So. Everything on your own. At the first year, yes. You have to pass through hell to reach heaven. That 100%. 100%. How? How you're not going to. How? So how it comes easy. Have you. Listen, this we're, your words. we're, yeah, we're, we're yeah, human beings, true. yes? Yeah. How do you come to life? How, how mother give birth? Oh, by, through they pain. go through hell, through. yes? It's only birth is coming after hell. You know, I love this conversation because it's really authentic and it's opposite what we see on social media that entrepreneurship is a lifestyle, blah, 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 that everything comes easy. That's a real authentic thing that Not says at all. you need to have pain, you need to put sacrifices, you need yes. in order to reach. And it takes not one year, as everybody says. No, no, it no, takes no, no. Years 
to reach. You see, I tell you something, Sif. And I have four kids. I remember two of my, the first two kids mm-hmm. I have. I don't remember their childhood even, you know. Okay, now, now it's totally different, of course, mm-hmm. you know. But the first two children, you know, I remember I used to leave the house before they wake up. They wake up. Mm-hmm. I come, they are sleeping. So, you know, you cannot take it all. There is a period of time you have to sacrifice something for something, but you know, with time things would get better and better. And you never, uh, I would say, regretted this because it's part of the journey. It's part of the journey. Never ever, never, never ever. So if things repeated, I'll do the same. Hundred percent, because you know, you reach a certain age, and you say, okay, today I'm at at, at my age, which is I'm in my early fifties, and say, okay, now what's the situation? Am I worried? No. Mm-hmm. Am I worried about my children? No. Am I comfortable? I am secured. Are they secured? Mm-hmm. Are they happy? Can I make them more happy? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, there are lots of things today when you are in your real comfort zone. Yeah, true. That, mm-hmm. you know, listen, at the end of the day, this is not a universal recipe. Uh, okay. Of course. All right. 100%. Each person has his own situation. Sacrifice is part of success. Yeah. It's impossible some people, to some people, they have the support of their family, their father, etc. It's yeah. a totally different journey. Yes. Exactly. I'm talking about the worst case scenario, yeah. which was my journey. And reached a level that majority of our audience would love to reach this, but they need to know sacrifice is part of it. 100%. After years of brandfulness, there is one thing to reach success, and there is the other thing to maintain success. How did you manage to maintain success over the years from a customer satisfaction, from a reputation? It's a hard game. No, I tell you something. At the end of the day, you start always, when you start, you start micro mm-hmm. in terms of management. And this micro, you have to know the right time how you convert this micro into micro management. Mm-hmm. And once you go into micro management, it's going to go gradual. You don't go overnight. Mm-hmm. You don't give, uh, let's say, your whatever. your business starts making money. Next year, you hand it over to someone. Mm-hmm. Okay, forget about sure. this. You start with micro management, mm-hmm. and slowly, slowly, you go convert it to micro management. So you bring reliable people. Mm-hmm. You invest in human resources, and this is the most important thing you invest in is good high-level human resources, of course, they should be affordable, depending on the time when you are hired them, and give them your trust, Mm -hmm. give them your confidence, and let them. Mm -hmm. I give them, they come today at a certain level, whereby, you know, all I have to do is, at the beginning of the year, approve budgets, and have a quarterly meetings Mm -hmm. to see where where they are. So you have to, for you to create an institution, Mm-hmm. out of your company and make it something that can last for the future you have to trust middle management that you bring them you nurture them and you bring them to be top management of the company you trust and validate at the same time because of course you being in the store that's yes. a form yes. of i want to make sure that whoever i delegated to the job things are getting correct i have to hear every Anything. single detail i will ask questions and there's, there's no, no problem. If you have a very positive answer, it's perfect. Right. I'll be happy. I'll go back happy. But I like to keep on asking questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you receive your salary? Uh, how many days you went last year? Just I ask uh, random questions. Mm-hmm. Random questions. Any question whereby I dig. Mm-hmm. I like to dig okay. in small things. I love that. A lot of people wants to start a retail business. And what do you think are the skills that they need to develop in order to really develop a retail business top skills that you no, think? The, the only thing is 
I, I, I really, it's not a matter of skills. Skills is something uh, that you will learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go work for a retail company and you can learn and you can develop your skills. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is when you want to start your own business in terms of retail, let's say, yeah. I always tell people, please try to find something that is niche, something that is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Study the market very well. Know exactly what is the size of the market, what you aim to reach in terms of market share and how you're going to implement this and what are the resources that you have. You know, Tofi, I'll, I'll share with you one thing. When I was in Samsung and I was responsible for brand stores as well for Samsung retail and I was doing it wrongly in the beginning and I got the message from my uh, VP who told me I was sitting in the office managing everything through WhatsApp. The guy said, seeing is believing. Move, go to the store. So that's why I said when I saw you that in the stores, it's really an important factor that you need to be grounds on in the retail. True. I love that as well. Because retail is detail. Exactly. True. What was the most crucial lesson that you learned in your journey with Brands for Less that you keep remembering till this moment? Listen, lessons are being learned and taught Mm -hmm. every single day. With every new situation, there's a conclusion that you come up with and uh, it will give you a lesson for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, these uh, lessons, they come every day, mm-hmm. to be very frank with you. Uh, of course, the most difficult thing, like every single retailer on the planet, was the COVID period. Oh, okay. This was the most difficult period for us. We learned a lot. We learned more into uh, speeding up our digital mm-hmm. journey. And uh, we understood that the importance of being digital and digital is survival. Mm -hmm. It was survival at that time. And uh, it really rushed us into putting much more efforts to speed up our digital journey. Mm -hmm. So I remember uh, it was during COVID, the month of April 2020, we bought our fulfillment center uh-huh. that is today for the online. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we try to um, uh, benefit from the downturn in terms of prices. But remember, at that time, we every, the whole world knew the importance of digital. True. True. Now, do you think that e-commerce or digital uh, shopping will substitute or take a big chunk of the, uh, offline or not the brick and mortar? I don't believe in substitution because it's a matter of a complementing activity. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is to be able to create the omni-channel between the brick and mortar and the online mm-hmm. platform or the digital, whereby you facilitate and you make a seamless shopping experience for the customers, mm-hmm. whereby you combine them both with a digital wallet and you know people buy from here, return there. That's mm-hmm. what they like, mm-hmm. flexibility. Mm-hmm. You have to create their flexibility you have to keep their money within this digital wallet. If they don't buy from here, they buy from there. If they don't buy there, they buy from the online. At the end of the day, so it's, a it's the same company. You don't think it's... It's, it's, it's the opposite. Because I believe in Brands for Less, it's the experience also in the store that makes it unique. Of course. Yeah. I'm sure, 100%, I can confirm that Brands for Less has a more uh, solid uh, brick and mortar mm-hmm. because the matter of the experience that you're talking about mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this treasure hunt experience is much more encountered or felt sure. when you are in Offline. the store between the uh, shelves. But we tried to really replicate this experience on the online. But can I ask you a direct question? From a revenue standpoint, like it's 
which is which is more and of course percentage. the brick and mortar is much more much more. 100 we're talking 80 20 100 percent like it's because of the experience i believe yeah. how did you create the familiar culture in your organization in what in your organization you feel like a family when you talk about them you talk about we family. always we always try to create what we have done is we always believed that brands for less should not be a company mm-hmm. brands for less should be a family and you always say member of the family, member mm. of the family, member of the family. There are no, there is respect, but there is no uh, formal boundaries between the departments. Everyone in the group can say, can speak his mind. Everyone can criticize. Anyone can complain. Anyone can do whatever you want. And not only this, we have created a think tank within our organization. Mm. We run periodically competitions for from the people with with very high prizes wow. who can come up with a new idea that we can implement at brands for less wow on a regular basis on a regular basis this is this wow. goes like uh, quarterly mm-hmm. and the person who's the winner he gets rewarded we put his photo in the newsletter we talk about him we talk about his contribution and later on once we apply his ideas we give a follow-up to the people through the newsletter, what revenue this has been contributed, wow. how much this idea has changed our lives, etc. Et the sense of belonging, the sense of being part of something exactly. big. Exactly. Yeah. So, and it's extremely important when you are in a dynamic city like Dubai and the United Arab mm-hmm. Emirates in general, is, uh, you know, this part of the world, is, it's like a, the job market is extremely active. Mm-hmm. And uh, today, the retention of these people who are the, your greatest asset sure. is an extremely important component in the success of your business. Mm-hmm. And what you have to do is you think outside the box how I can retain these employees. I can retain them. I encourage them. I give them bonuses. I give them this. I give them that. At the same time, you have to think how to give them a very nice working conditions. So we have yeah. created... I don't know if you have visited our office. You know, we have sure. created mm-hmm. all the gaming, the gym, everything, ah, everything. Okay. You name mm-hmm. it. Not only this, we are the only company in the whole of the Middle East that have sleeping pods. No way. For employees to go have their siesta if they want. No way. Yes. Why you believe in being a family member? Because my question will be, we can a- actually act with the team as a family member, but a lot of, like I would say, experts say like, being a family member, you cannot fire your father, you cannot fire your mother at the end. But acting with employees and team members as a sports player, everybody is in his correct position doing his correct job. But if it's not done, then that's the difference between a family and... Because I come from a family thing. Like, all the team is a family. You hire fast people or not? No, not at all. At all. No. Not at all. And I will tell you something. It's totally the opposite. Mm-hmm. Today, as I was mentioning at the beginning, uh, going being an entrepreneur or being an employee. Mm. Today, this employee, he has chosen security and safety to be within your organization. Today, what you have to do is you have to really give him the security back. You give him the security back by taking care of him outside work. Mm. Outside work. In other terms, you go the extra step. And going the extra step because you expect them. Mm-hmm. And trust me, they will take the extra step for the business. So you go, whatever problems they have, you help their families, you help them make their dream come true, you help them buy a house. That's what we do. 
I respect that very much. For entrepreneurs, what you will tell them if they're thinking about starting the entrepreneur's journey, but they are afraid of moving in this direction. What will you tell them? Because fear is something I just, that I just, just tell them a very simple thing. Today, you're looking for security like each and every human being on this planet. We all look for security. We look for our security and our kids' security. Mm-hmm. And uh, today, you have two options. Either you do it early in age or trust me, the, all the security that you are feeling today, it will become totally insecurity after you cross the age of 50. You'll be sitting in the company, waiting there when they're going to fire you, waiting when they're going to replace you. So they take the step. For sure. I want to talk a little bit about the presence of, uh, of Brands for Less and yourself on social media. Yeah. You do it totally different from the norm. How did it come to your head this way? It didn't come to my head. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, there was a guy, his name is Mahdi, mm-hmm. came to me uh, uh, with this idea of TikTok, which mm-hmm. I didn't know what is TikTok mm-hmm. in the first place. All what I know is that my kids are sitting and dancing <laughs> and I ask him, what are you doing? He said, we're on, t- on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I never knew what is TikTok. So he comes and uh, he gives me this advice, let me take you on TikTok, okay. And after resistance from mm-hmm. my side, I said, okay, I said, okay, we'll try only one introduction. Mm-hmm. I make one introduction video, 1.4 million views. And you know, I see the results. And then I show this unbelievable priceless tool in my hands to reach to the people, to try one, to advise the young, young people about life, about how they should think, how should they take care of their parents, how mm-hmm. do they take care of their education, how to think and become entrepreneurs. At the same time, it's a bridge between me and each and every customer that I have. Mm-hmm. They can reach out to me through DMs. They can reach out to me through links, through whatever you want. And Before that, you were on social media or also I, I personally, I was on a personal social media, very it. limited, you know, personal yeah. Facebook with personal mm-hmm. Instagram. True. And that's it. I had nothing to do with and all of these things. How you... You know, that's resistant to change, but you made it. That's for everyone. Like for, You for try, them. you try. What, what do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I will try. I said one video. Okay, I'll try one video. What's, what's the big deal? I put it 1.4 million views. Then we put the second oh, one. And then got all of these views. And then people start asking for it. Like I see yeah. on, the, on the DMs. People more ask, more please more give us more. more. Give us more. Give us more. Okay. Do you have a strategy for that after see the success of it? I try, I try to do it natural, extremely natural. Really? And yeah, trust me, we do it extremely natural. Not too much planning, very few people involved. It's, mm-hmm. it's me and one guy, and now another guy was added. Like, uh, and that's it. It's me and uh, Fahad, and uh-huh. there is now lately a guy mm-hmm. called Verroy just joined us like a week ago. Because you know, like when everybody talks about social media, you know, like all the books comes in, a content plan, content strategy. No, content, no, no, da, 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 da. no, 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 no. I'm just trying to be myself. And this mm. was my condition from the beginning. You told them, okay, you want me to go there, I'll go there. But I have to show the real me. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Let's move a little bit to the Brands for Less group expansion plan across the different brands that you have. You said like you are focusing on Saudi Arabia now. Any ideas or any plans to expand to Europe? Yes, I'll tell you something. Uh, what we are doing is we have a very active international department at the moment that has been lately expanded a lot. We have different teams working on different markets. Mm-hmm. Of course, GC is our first priority mm-hmm. for 23, which we are passing now, 24 mm-hmm. and 25. 
I think by year 25, we would have solidified all the expansion in the GC area. Then we have the some countries that I don't like mm-hmm. to name by countries, mm-hmm. tell you territories. Mm-hmm. There's Southeast Asia mm-hmm. uh, is yeah. our next target. Mm-hmm. And then Eastern Europe is another target. So we are now valuing the Very pros nice. and the cons. Yes, I love that. Seeing the brand flourish internationally, it's something that's really full of respect. Yes. The question that comes here, then every entrepreneur is trying to understand, when it's time to scale? Like you start a project, what are the pointers that you look at before you go and scale? I said like, I'm going to grow. What are the pointers? First of all, you have to find a target market. Second, you have to find a pro, you should have a proof of concept. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. say, what we always do is, we know that this idea commercially Works. is extremely working in this territory. Mm-hmm. This is the profile of the customers. This is the market, total market size. This is our market share. We want to achieve this out mm-hmm. of that. You do it. You test it. Everything is okay. Then you say, okay, I want to move to as much as it's close, close mm-hmm. markets in terms of, I'm talking close geographically mm-hmm. for logistics purposes. Second, the type of people, the mm, composition yeah, yeah. of the exactly to be the same, same test, etc., etc. You go and you find, you test. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is you test before you before go. you go. Mm-hmm. Always don't jump before with yeah. both yeah, legs. You mm-hmm. get me? Don't jump. We went to Saudi Arabia. We opened the uh, end of last year uh, three stores, mm-hmm. tested in different areas, tested. Okay, it's good. Ne- it's we bad. opened thirty. Ah, okay. Okay, mm-hmm. next year mm-hmm. you understand me. And that's how we do it. Mm-hmm. I love that. If I talk to you about success in general, everybody defines this term in a very different perspective. What is success for you? Success for me is to transform your business into a legacy. Uh, this is on the work level. At the same time, success is being a role uh, model for a generation and being a very open-minded, very friendly father to your children. I think this Mm -hmm. is success. And success is to reach a point and always try to help the people who are less fortunate than you. Mm -hmm. Because, and this is my, the, the major common thing that connects me to my partner is our charity works. We are extremely active on that. And for us, uh, we always believe in giving back to the society. And we always believe in helping the people who are less fortunate because we did it the hard way. Mm -hmm. And we'd like to really pay back a tribute for God to start with and for the less fortunate through helping the less fortunate people. And I see also that since you really believe in education, you also support the American University as well. Of course, that, uh, of course. Correct. Of so course. even education, you support it. Of course, we have, we have, we educate around 80 students per year in the American University. Wow. wow. You know, from the few people that I met, there are a lot of people who do charity and all these things, but from the few people that when they do, they do charity and they also want to prove that education is worth. Yes. And you're yes. pushing on this yes. as well. But I will tell you something. Mm. And we were, this was, the, where it was the most shocking for the people. Uh-huh. Uh, they have never, never ever uh, met a donor who is asking for a request that we ask for. 
فور اكزامبل اور ريكوست از وي وونت تو هيلب اونلي بيبل ويز سي افريج بيكوز ذا بروبابيلتي اوف ذا اي اند ذا بي بلس everybody wants to sponsor yeah, them mm-hmm. so we go and tell them we want to hire these 70 people wow yes and you do the 80 80 per year yes wow that's a really big number i want to talk about success for tofi as well what can you say about the key factors or key i would say habits or factors that contributed to your it could be a mindset thing contribute to your success Like I know from the way I talk with you now, you are a person that who never gives up. Like, no, I never give up. For yeah. sure, I never give up. So, and I always try to uh, to to teach my kids mm-hmm. this message: uh, never give up, stay humble, mm-hmm. stay down to earth, and always try your best. Do your best, and I, I don't care. You fail, you don't fail. Absolutely. This is for me secondary. Mm-hmm. Did you do your best? Yes, I did my best. You didn't do well. No, I didn't do well. I don't care. Next. You know, mm-hmm. did, but you did your best. True. That's it. How do you handle failures? Because I believe in this journey, you saw failures where that people don't see, and they think that's always was a smooth path. How do you handle failures? For me, my failure or yeah, your failures? How do you handle it? Like when you, I can see that you like to try ideas. I try. I love. Ideas. I, I handle my failure by trying again. Trying again. For sure. I change if it needs a little bit of tweaking. I mm. tweak it. It needs a little bit of changing. I change it. It never put you off. But it never put me off. No. Never had that moment with brands for less. I said like it's enough. I'm done. No. No. Never. No. 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 It will never be done. I I love that. It will never be done. <laughs> I love it because I'm sure to change a consumer behavior to fight a cash problem or a uh, capital problem, you, as a normal human, some people can say like oh. Sh- I doubt myself. Maybe I go back to my corporate. Never came to you. Never, ever, one second. Do you have anything that people don't know about Taufi? It's either a hidden skill or a hidden talent that nobody knows that I would love to know. A hidden thing. You can tell me I love cooking. No, I don't like cooking. Yeah, something like this. To be very frank with you. To be very frank with you, I don't like cooking. No, I, I like, I like, I like to play paddle. Ah, nice. You know, I'm, ah. I'm crazy about paddle. Oh, really? Yeah. And it became like obsession now. Mm-hmm. Like I do it now, five to six times a week. Wow. Yeah. Ah, that's an obsession. Yeah, yeah, obsession, obsession. Mm-hmm. Like, and even during, if I have free time, I sit and I watch games. No way. Yeah, yeah. Ah. I'm, I'm, very. It's nice. becoming. Very nice. Yeah. Let's. Uh, Ask you a second question, which is what is your aspirations or goals for the next five, 10 years? Personally, of course, professionally. No, listen, personally and professionally are always intermingled Not. for mm-hmm. me, okay? Uh, for me, as I told you, uh, is to create out of the business a legacy. Mm-hmm. I always think the following. In less than 100 years, all of us will, will cease to exist. How can my doings mm-hmm. or my name will remain to exist After three, four hundred years. So this is what I really want. dream of and want to do. I this want, is my aspiration. I love that. But I want to go back before we smooth down, before we close. You started Brand for Less as Brand for Less. And then it came the time that you said, okay, there are a couple of more brands I want to open at the same time in the same platform. Yes. How, how did you come up with this? No, the, I, the, the, the idea is today what we are doing is we are trying to Uh, uh, provide 
or nurture the off-price channel. Mm-hmm. And the off-price channel should not be only limited to uh, clothing and shoes mm-hmm. and, you know. Uh, there are lots of venues or lots of products that you can offer within the same category. category. Mm-hmm. So the idea came, okay, let me, uh, and it came, for example, the Toys for Less. Mm-hmm. Toys for Less, the whole idea came of me every weekend going buying expensive toys for kids. my kids not for my kids mm-hmm. to take it as birthday gifts ah, to children the, i don't know their uh, names mm-hmm. and i had to go and pay a price point of three four hundred dirhams mm-hmm. per toy for a child that he even them they don't know the full name True. okay mm-hmm. so i said come on there should be a solution also for toys toys are very expensive mm-hmm. overpriced here so here where the idea of toys for less came and once mm-hmm. the toys were there okay let's combine them with clothing you know and put the branded clothing with the branded toys all together Mm -hmm. it will be a destination for children homes it's a natural it's a natural uh uh, idea that would come next Mm -hmm. is going and trying to offer and we're still learning with home Mm -hmm. home is still small but we are still learning luxury lots of people why don't you get uh, higher brands Mm -hmm. Why don't you have the famous Italian designer mm-hmm. brands? Okay. I don't want my customer to come into the store and say, okay, ah, brands for less change their yeah. prices. Uh-huh. Brands for less. I don't need mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, to really create this dilemma or uh, confusion for my customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started a separate concept called luxury for less mm-hmm. that goes and sources only high-end luxury goods and sell it at discount. When you... When you go abroad and expand, you go with the full deck of uh, platforms, or you go, you pick your. No, we, we 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 take the the runner, of course, with the brands for less. Mm-hmm. And later on, once we accomplish the brands for less, we start planting these concepts. What is the last thing that, or the last message you want to leave our audience with today? Because I believe there was a lot of, I would say, value, extreme value nuggets that they will learn a lot from. But what is the last? Message? I just want to tell them that definitely, for sure, don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your aspirations. Don't postpone the move and say, I'll do it next year. I'll do it after six months. I'll do it after five years. If you feel that today is the right time, go ahead and do it. Don't hesitate. Don't postpone. And don't waste your productivity years in partying Mm -hmm. and going out and traveling instead of focusing on your objective in this life that you want to make a difference. We have a ritual in the Alpha Talks. It's called the Alpha Talks Memoir. So the Alpha Talks Memoir, I'll be asking you three things. Mm. The first thing is you write us what is your overall experience in the Alpha Talks? What do you feel about it? The second is ask, write a question to the next Alpha guest because it's a way of connecting alphas together. Any kind of question, you ask the next alpha guest. And the third, who do you think can be a guest, an alpha guest that will really have an impact on our audience? But this will do it after Shuri. After, okay. Yeah. But now you need to answer the question from the previous alpha guest. Go ahead. So fast forward 20 years down the line, your kids are watching now. So look at the camera and tell your kids what message you would like to leave to them. I look to the camera. <laughs> right here, on the yeah, microphone. Yeah. Guys, I hope you're seeing this after 20 years, yes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope you're seeing this. 
I, I hope by this time you have learned your lesson in terms of uh, you have okay no, no I, yeah. can't cut it. I cut it I don't know what to say I cut it we'll do it again yeah. you shocked no, me with this three, question two, one. What, what shall I say huh? I love you guys huh I love you guys okay all right all right okay yeah go yeah guys I'm so happy now that you are uh, continuing to run the business you know the hell I was going through I hope you're enjoying every single day of your life. I love you and I will always love you. I love what can this I say? One. I really love what this can one. I say? It's the best. Actually. Yeah? yeah. Okay. I loved it. Thank you. Tovi, thank you very much. It's thank been you. a real pleasure having thank you today. You so much. Thank you. I'm sure everybody watching this, as I gained a lot of knowledge and value from you, plus thank the vibes from you thank is you so really uh, can't explain it thank so thank you, you very much and thank i you. hope we catch up again in another episode and in life in general thank, thank you, you very so much, much. thank you it's thank really you. a pleasure thank it's you really thank a pleasure. you pleasure thank mine. you that wraps another inspiring episode of today's show i hope that this episode has ignited your inner alpha and left you feeling inspired motivated and ready to conquer any challenge that comes your way remember alphas aren't born they're made it isn't about dominating others it's about embracing your authenticity leading with integrity and making a positive impact on the world if you enjoyed today's episode be sure to subscribe to the alpha talks on your favorite podcast platform leave us a review and share the podcast with your fellow alphas also connect with us on social media at safer hakim share your thoughts insight and stories of personal and business growth with us. Let's create a movement of alphas supporting one another. The world needs more alphas like you, exactly. Until next time, stay bold, stay driven, and stay alpha.